Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Burgundy Network Podcast with Josh Taylor, HTTR. What's up, everybody? It has been an exciting last few days as a football fan. It is finally combine season, and that just means the draft is coming close. But I tell you what, just watching the combine the last few days has me excited. We have seen some stocks rise, and we have seen some stocks fall. But just the athleticism that we're seeing from this class, whether it's the big guys or the skinny guys, uh, it's it's certainly impressing me, and I cannot wait to see who the Redskins add to make this team even better. But I got to tell you what, the the wide receiver class this year, I'm going to talk about it later on the podcast. If you are a wide receiver fan, you are drooling at this. And if you are a team that needs a wide receiver, this is your class to finally get one. So stay tuned. I'm going to be talking Redskins football today. We are looking at our current situation We are looking at the free agent market, and as always, I'm going to be talking about this draft, which just lights up my eyes when I see it. So stay tuned. I have an interview at the very end of this episode talking with one of the top small school prospects this year, and my goodness, if you have not seen this guy play, if you have not seen his tapes, you need to check it out as soon as you finish this episode. I know I've been teasing it, showing his stats on the Twitter account. But this guy is one of the highest graded slot receivers in the 2020 NFL prospect class, ranking higher than guys like Devin Duvernay from Texas and KJ Hill from Ohio State. That is right. You heard it here first. Just stay tuned. You definitely don't want to miss out on that. Uh, Something else you definitely don't want to miss out on is a chance to rep the podcast and make a child's wish come true. That's right. Check out my pinned tweet or send me a DM at BergNetworkPod on Twitter. Uh, but I'm selling these t-shirts, $20 a piece. It's got the logo. It's got some uh, cool things on it. But most importantly, the child cancer ribbon on it. Um, it's a $20 for every shirt and $5 of every purchase is going straight to the Make-A-Wish Foundation in the name of Redskins Nation. Uh, so definitely represent. Um, some of y'all know it's something that's near and dear to my heart. My brother passed away from a childhood brain cancer the age of 13 and I was only 10 but the Make-A-Wish Foundation granted him a wish in his last few months and gave us this lasting memory together that I will never forget. I've always wanted to get back to this organization. I just didn't really know how. I didn't know like what I could do. Um, so just being able to do that means a lot and it's definitely going to a great cause. So check out my pin tweet to see a picture of the shirts or send me a DM and I'll, I'll send you pictures of the shirts if you need it. Um, But I'm putting the orders in March 5th, so don't miss out. I've got white shirts and black shirts. The front's got the podcast logo. The back's got a cool slogan I like to use. And most importantly, the front has this uh, golden ribbon for childhood cancer. So don't miss out on it. Rep the podcast. uh, Look good and give back to a great cause. So if you've reached out and gotten one already, huge thank you. I'll be uh, sending out some messages on uh, payments and stuff like that. But like I said, orders go in March 5th, so don't miss out. So there's some big things cooking for March and April, so buckle up. I've got some things going on. I'm not going to leak anything yet, but this is probably some of the most exciting things to happen in the podcast history. You know, I've talked with like Junior Gallette and stuff like that before, but like these things I have coming up could be huge for us. 
I'm definitely excited about that. Just working hard, getting some great content for y'all. Um, but the, the draft is quickly approaching. We're in combine season right now. Everybody's talking about everything going on and how good everybody looks. We see all the smoke getting thrown around with what's going to happen towards the draft. We're just waiting for April to hurry up and get here. But one thing's for sure is we need to take a look at this wide receiver position. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. Like I said, I'm looking at what our current situation's like. I'm looking at some free agents and I'm looking at this draft. So I had my guy G running kind of send in what he thought about the podcast, what might be happening with the wide receiver position, and just what he thinks we should do. What's up, Josh? What's up, Burgundy Network podcast listeners? Um, this is G running. I wanted to comment on the current wide receiver situation. You do two things. You get the need met in the draft, maybe with KJ Hill, and then you bam, you build around McLaurin. You look around the NFL duos are taking over. Look at OBJ, Jarvis, Thielen, Diggs. I think we can do something similar here in D.C. Um, in the free agents market. You know, you got Amari Cooper, Robbie Anderson. But I like Devin Funches, 6'4", 225. Uh, his TD rate on short and long passes is actually exceeds the NFL. McLaurin can work with his hands and, of course, his rapport with uh, Ron Rivera. Keep up the good work, Josh. Take care. So there's definitely options, but there's one thing for sure that we all need to agree on. Yes, this wide receiver core is so young. Yes, there is so much potential, but this wide receiver core is not good enough to win week in and week out. That's just the flat out truth. It's good. There's potential there. We have the pieces, but we need more. We need more pieces for Dwayne to succeed. Yes, Dwayne Haskins. I didn't say to attack of Iloa. So... One thing we have to take a look at is what our current pieces are. It's young. It's flashy. You know, we cut Paul Richardson. We got that cap. You know, huge waste. Another guy, including, you know, Josh Doxson, this was another one of those guys that we had high hopes for that just didn't really pan out. You know, whether it's his injuries, his size, just the production, I'd say everything didn't meet what we expected getting him over here from Seattle. So, we still have Terry, of course, you know, our rookie phenom who lit it up last season, showed us what he's going to be, the steal in the third round. Then we had the undrafted free agent steal with Steven Sims, uh, who to me took over that slot role. And even in the special teams, we saw him make huge plays in special teams and just kind of kicking Trey Quinn to the side. It's something I've been talking about on Twitter a good bit. And a lot of people actually agree with me, some don't, but I think Steven Sims has completely taken over Trey Quinn's role on this offense. So I'm excited to see what we do with him. You know, we used a lot of different, you know, end arounds and runs. You saw the one against the Patriots. He can be a very dynamic player in this offense next season. Then we have guys like Kelvin Harmon, who definitely showed some physicality, showed that he has that possession side to him, and he can make some plays also. He just might need some more reps. And we just might need to use him a little bit more on the offense. Then we have Cam Sims, my guy from Alabama. A lot of talent. He's had the injuries, never really panned out for us on our offense. But it's still there. There's still a chance, you know, I think he could be able to do something next season. at a great depth. And then Darvin Kidsey, another smaller guy that can play that slot role. He can be dynamic in this Air Coriel offense. He's been putting in a lot of work on the offseason. You know, I'm seeing him work out on Instagram and stuff like that. I've actually reached out to him uh, about being on the podcast, and he was interested. So 
he could also be a good piece for us in this offense. So we have these pieces, but we just need more. We need a stronger we need a stronger base, but to me we need that superstar that makes that difference and that complements Terry. You know, last week I talked about the safety roles and people complimenting Landon Collins, that superstar we have. Look at it on the wide receiver spot. We need that piece that complements Terry McLaurin well, and I think that's going to be a huge difference in addition to the tight end spot. And our offense is really going to take off. I'm excited to see this new offense. I think it's going to be a lot more exciting. I'm excited to see all the shifts, you know, just the speed that we can use. I think we have great pieces, but we need that one big foundation piece that just lifts everything up. So we have these free agents. And you, you mentioned a lot of a lot of good uh, possible free agents, Gaston. So, you know, we see it on Twitter all the time. I've seen A.J. Green. I've seen Amari Cooper. Devin Funches, that's a solid list of guys, even Robbie Anderson. And one thing is for sure, the free agent market, it's pretty top-heavy. But I'm going to talk about the ones I have a strongest interest in. There might be guys that other people have interest in, but I'm going to break it down like this. A.J. Green, there is 0% chance A.J. Green comes to Washington. There is zero chance. I have a better chance of joining the Redskins as quarterback next season than A.J. Green does joining D.C., let alone leaving the Cincinnati Bengals. A.J. Green, yes, he hasn't played since 2018, is one of the top five receivers, and he has been in the league for many, many years. The Bengals are drafting Joe Burrow, and there's no doubt about that. There are these rumors going around that Joe Burrow doesn't want to join the Bengals, doesn't want to play on a team like that. There is absolutely no chance the Bengals let A.J. Green, their best offensive weapon, perhaps since Ocho Cinco, leave this team with Joe Burrow coming in. They will literally give him a stock of the team if they have to. He is absolutely getting the tag, and there's no doubt about it to me. It is a no-brainer that you keep a guy like that you need Joe Burrow to have a weapon. Yes, you have Joe Mixon, you have John Ross, you have these young guys, but you need A.J. Green. And to me, that is intriguing. If I'm Joe Burrow, I'm like, hey, I have one of the top receivers, you know, including Eifert and stuff like that. But we have one of the top receivers for me to use next year, and I'm excited to see what me and him can do. If he leaves, then I'm really starting to believe that Joe Burrow doesn't want to come to the Bengals. If you lose A.J. Green, Joe Burrow is going to hate you forever. So you really need to take care of your first overall pick and keep A.J. Green there. Um, Something that's been developing a lot today is Amari Cooper. To me, I've been back and forth on this. I love Amari as an Alabama superstar. And as soon as I start buying into possibly paying Amari Cooper what he wants, you know, the, the big thing that was out there was saying that Amari Cooper wants the 20 mil per year range. He's not worth that to me. I'd say more realistically is about 16 or 17. Um, but as soon as I start buying into this, I'm like, you know what? It's official. I would rather have Amari Cooper than Austin Hooper. I believe that there is enough guys in the draft that we can get someone good enough to start day one at tight end. And I think the same goes for wide receivers, but... I think what you're getting in Amari Cooper, that superstar role in a wide receiver is so crucial for us. Yes, there's other free agents out there, 
But I think Amar- I, I finally started buying into saying, yes, Amari Cooper, I will pay you $17, $18 million a year to come play for the Redskins. And to me, it's comical because then the Cowboys literally gave up a first-round pick to rent this guy for one year and, you know, succeed with him, but still not do anything and not have a successful season. So to me, that would have just been comical. But today, the developing thing is that Amari Cooper and the Cowboys are having these great talks. It's intensifying greatly right now. To the point to where Byron Jones even thanked the Cowboys organization for making him a better corner. You know, his agent talked to them. So it sounds like Byron Jones is 100% going to be playing on another team next year. So the Cowboys have a lot of cap. It's somewhere towards 80 mil almost. It's a lot. They're one of the top teams in the NFL, surprisingly. And it sounds like they are all in on Mark Cooper. They are just going to throw him the bag and keep him there. So... As of right now, it sounds like Amari Cooper is not a possibility to be coming to D.C. Yes, I know we heard the reports that we're going to be targeting him greatly in the offseason for the free agency market, but obviously we would be. I don't blame him, but it just doesn't sound like that is a real possibility right now because the Cowboys are going to do whatever it takes to keep him there with Dak Prescott. So then we have those two off the boards. A.J. Green and Amari Cooper are probably more than likely not going to be coming to D.C. because... The Bengals and the Cowboys, for smart reasons, are going to be keeping them there to better themselves. So where does that leave us? You know, we've seen guys like Robbie Anderson. You know, I heard you talk about Devin Funches. That's someone I talked about a lot. So I'm going to talk about Devin first and kind of get that out of the way. So yes, Devin Funches, you know, everyone knows he played for the Panthers. Has that Ron Rivera connection, the Turner, you know. They know what to expect out of him. I'm not too against it, but I'll say this. The Colts paid him 10 mil for one year to play one game. He played one game, went on season-ending IR, and the Colts coughed up 10 mil for the year. So to me, I don't know if he's really going to be expecting that kind of contract coming to D.C., like 10 mil a year. I'd say it's really not bad under this market. I don't know if his price will go down because of the injury and like he's getting older. Um, but to me, it's an interesting note. Like if he's healthy, then I'm all for it. it I just really want to know what his asking price is. So I can't really say yes, go after him or no, stay away from him until I really get to know what his market uh, price is like. But if he's asking for 10 mil a year, I'm really not too much against it, especially if we're missing out on Amari Cooper and AJ Green. Um, but if he's asking for too much, then I'm taking a look at some other guys. So Robbie Anderson, more than likely in that 12 to 14 mil uh, range. You know, to me, I've been high on him for a while now. Uh, he was a playmaker for the Jets. You know, really Sam Darnold's favorite target outside of Crowder. You know, once they got Crowder and he kind of took some of the production away from Robbie Anderson. But to me, he's a playmaker. I see a lot of good things in him. I think he would be a great compliment to Terry. Uh, another name that I've heard brought up a good bit is Emmanuel Sanders. As we all know, was on the 49ers. He's on the free agent market. Uh, yes, he's getting older, but he still has a lot of great production, still a, a great receiver with a lot of speed. Um, I see him more of the 10 to 12 mil range uh, per year kind of market, just as that aging vet, uh, but still not bad for a guy that you can get two, three uh, years, I would say, solid production out of. Um, and then one guy that a lot of people are sleeping on is Randall Cobb. So yes, they're going to pay Amari Cooper. They got to pay Dak. So I think Randall Cobb will be one of those guys that kind of gets cut out of the uh, Cowboys' plan. So we saw Randall Cobb do a lot of great things at Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and then we saw him go to the Cowboys, and I think he's still a solid receiver in this league. 
if, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's only like 28, 29. Um, but still, to me, it fills that gap that we have. So if we get a guy like, you know, Randall, Randall Cobb or Emmanuel Sanders even, I feel like we still will draft a wide receiver. But I think, you know, there's still some solid guys you can fill depth. But I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like we do have some depth. We have Kelvin Harmon. We have Cam Sims. Um, we could use more, though. So there's some kind of low-key guys out there that I've been kind of looking up on. Um, Demarcus Robinson's a name that I've heard a lot of, you know, from Kansas City Chiefs this year. Um, not really, like, the big-name guy. Obviously, you know, they have Tyreek Hill. Uh, Michael Hardman uh, have been dynamic this season. But Demarcus Robinson was just an interesting name that came up because you can get him for cheap, and he's going to get better as the years go by. You see him growing right now, so... I feel like it would be, you know, buying a really flashy stock like Bitcoin before it blew up. It'd be, you know, spending a little bit and it'd be a smart investment because it's going to grow. Um, there's some other guys out there that I've kind of just been keeping an eye on. Uh, Tajay Sharp from the Titans. He'd be a really cheap deal too. Uh, Brashad Perriman from the Bucks, someone that I've talked about a couple times um, on Twitter but I feel like he's never really reached that ceiling that everyone expected out of UCF. You know, kind of bounced around from a few teams and then landed on the Bucks. And at the end of last season, he just started going off on touchdowns and 100-yard games. You know, Jameis Winston throwing those bombs around. But to me, he's really a low risk and a really high reward. Like, if he doesn't pan out, then okay, you didn't spend too much on him. But he has you know, the production that he can give 100 yards and a few touchdowns per game. He can give that to you. He has that size. So to me, that'd be a really good uh, investment too. And then another really under-the-radar small name, Rashard Higgins from the Browns. You know, everybody's been seeing me tweet the, you know, we'll trade Trent for a second round in the Joku. I'll even say I'll trade you a second round in Rashard Higgins for Trent Williams. So, um, just a couple names to throw out in the free agent market. It's not crazy, but there's definitely some guys that could come on the team and fill in that hole that we really need to uh, fix. But to me, I think the most realistic would be either Funches at about 10 mil a year, or I could see us pursuing Robbie Anderson at the 12 to 14 range. But then I could also see us signing a guy like Demarcus Robinson, who's just another project. A player that's going to grow on the team but the free agent market is great and you know we we've heard ron rivera say we're going to be very active in the free agent market we're going to fill these holes that we have and even when as far as reports saying that amari cooper was one of the names mentioned so don't be surprised if ron just goes all in on paying big money for guys in the free agent market like devin futches or robbie anderson uh, or Randall Cobb. So to me, it wouldn't be a surprise. I actually expect one of these guys to be brought over. More than likely, people are saying Devin Funches because of his connection with Ron Rivera, but you just never know. It could be anybody, but as of right now, AJ Green and Amari Cooper look like they are staying put where they are. So the free agent market was great. There's some quality guys out there, but it has nothing on this draft. Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Calvin Johnson. This draft has players that could potentially be the next superstars in the new age NFL. I'm super excited about this draft. So welcome to the 2020 NFL wide receiver draft.
had to take a quick halftime break to tell y'all a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain. It is absolutely free, and they give you the creation tools that you need that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum on listenership and is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app like I did or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the second half of the episode. This class right here is a special draft, and it is a very deep draft. We have been talking about it for a long time now. I have done the mock drafts. I have looked at the combine. I've seen the speed. I've seen the measurements, and there's there's a lot of potential guys that we could easily draft in any one of these rounds that can come in and give us talent. You know, there's a lot of guys in this draft. I'm obviously not going to have time to talk about every single one. Mel Kuyper has potentially 25 to 30 wide receivers being drafted within the first three rounds. And after the combine, I can see why. I wouldn't be surprised if there's 25, 26 wide receivers taking in the first three rounds. So I take a look at it this way. First round, obviously we're not taking a wide receiver unless... Lord behold, that trade back that everyone thinks is going to happen happens, then possibly, yes, we will get a first round wide receiver, but I don't see it happening. Chase Young at number two. So that leads us to the third round. Taking a look at some of the potential guys that might fall to us. Some of those guys that might fall out of that, you know, first and second round predictions. So to me, the biggest talent that might possibly slip out is Ayuk out of Arizona State. You know, really small guy, but so fast. He's that deep threat, kind of like a Deshaun Jackson-esque guy. Um, there's Van Jefferson from Florida, had the foot injury, kind of might make him slip back a little bit. But if you're looking at third-round projections, there's people saying K.J. Hill possibly in the third. And i got to be honest with you, I think K.J. Hill in the third would be a little too early. I think more realistic for him would be fourth-round pick. And I think Brian Edwards, who was projected third round, might be slipping out because of his broken foot that uh, he is staying during training for the combine. So um, that kind of pushes those two guys, KJ Hill and Brian Edwards, back to the fourth. So maybe Van Jefferson or Ayuk in the third. But honestly, I think with that third spot, we're going to take somebody else. And I'll put that out on my mock drafts that comes out after the combine and uh, after free agency. But to me, in the fourth round, you can write it in Sharpie. We're going to be drafting a wide receiver. So this is what you got to take a look at. There is a long list of guys that could potentially be here for us. So like I said, KJ Hill, if he falls to the fourth round, then maybe we do take a look at him. Of course, Redskins fans are high on him. You know, he played at Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins. They have that connection. To me, I think some Redskins fans are a little too high on him saying, yeah, we should draft him in the third round. I think a more solid projection for him would be the fourth. So, you know, he absolutely looked great at the uh, combine, impressive on his get off, you know, six foot 192, had a great year. It was, it was actually Dwayne's favorite target at Ohio State, had the most production with KJ Hill. You know, he's just a smooth player. He's slippery. He has a great get off. He can get that separation. Um, you know, he's not the most physical, but to me, he would be a great playmaker at that fourth round. I just don't see us drafting him in the third. To me, 
the one guy that stands out that I'm very intrigued on is Brian Edwards from South Carolina. Great guy to watch this film. A lot of huge plays. I uh, actually saw this guy play in South Carolina this year against Alabama, and he is just a, a phenomenal weapon. 6'3", 215. He was a senior, had a great four years at South Carolina, but the one thing that stands out to me is his physicality. So he's not the fastest. He's not going to always get the separation. He's not going to always beat you deep. But even when you're close, he is going to get that 50-50 ball and battle it. There's a crazy catch against Tennessee this year where it is OBJ-esque right at the goal line, falling out of bounds, just somehow caught it with one hand pretty much behind his head. And it was just a thing of beauty. But that's just what he brings. He brings that great possession, that big body. Like I said, 6'3", 215. That's really what you want. You have someone that's going to compliment Terry well. We've seen what Terry does. You know, the faster he can get separation, he can kill you on slants, he can beat you deep. But to me, Brian Edwards is that that compliment that uses his big body and wins those tough passes and gets the catch. And I've loved seeing what he does. People are saying, you know, what about his injuries? Yeah, he had the knee injury last season where he had surgery. He didn't really have an injury history before that. Um, and then, he, of course, he broke his foot during his training during the combine. So to me, if he falls to the fourth because of that, with that first fourth round pick, because, you know, we do have two, with that first fourth round pick, I think that my pick would be Brian Edwards if he's there. And I might actually pick him over KJ Hill. And there's going to be a lot of people mad at me for saying that. But to me, I think that is absolutely a possibility. Um, other guys in round four that have kind of been floating around. Uh, there's been Quantez Cephas, one of the funniest names in the draft probably, uh, out of Wisconsin. And then Courtney Davis out of Texas a and I've seen a couple people talk about him. Um, but if it's not Brian Edwards and it's not KJ Hill, to me it's Gabriel Davis out of UCF. Great receiver. I uh, love watching his tapes as well. Check him out. But to me, I would rank him in that order. I would say Brian Edwards, one. KJ Hill, two. Gabriel Davis, three. So we have that second, fourth round pick. Now, there's a there's a guy who's really been blowing up the combine that's really intrigued me because what you can do with this guy can be pretty dangerous. So he was a wide receiver at Notre Dame, but he said he's transitioning to a tight end, and that is Chase Claypool. And to me, Chase is a great project. He has greatly risen up in his stock. Um, you know, he's about 230, 6'4". He is going to be a matchup nightmare in the NFL. If you put him on our offense, you can line him up at wide receiver if you want. You can line him up in the slot. You can put him as tight end. And he actually thrives in the slot role. So to me, I think him in the fourth round even addition to a wide receiver because you're getting tight end depth and you're getting another receiver. You can use him in many spots. He's going to be a hybrid guy on offense. We can line him up in many places. So honestly, if it's me, I'm drafting either Brian Edwards or KJ Hill or Gabriel Davis in the fourth with the uh, second pick. And with the first one, I'm snatching Chase Claypool before he goes anywhere else because he's going to add depth to the tight end position and he's going to line up for us as a wide receiver also. But outside of the fourth round, the fifth round has a lot of great guys too. And my favorite is Antonio Gandy-Golden, who is projected to fall to the fifth. 
to me. I have seen him as high as late first going to the Patriots in the first round. I think Matt Miller initially said I've seen him in the second. But with the stock rising of other guys, I really don't know. To be honest with you, I would say a fourth round is solid for him. But the senior out of Liberty, I've dropped the tapes on him. I've, I've dropped the videos showing you what he can do. 6'4", probably about 225 right now. Might even be closer to 230. He is a lean, faster Alshon Jeffrey. Yes, I said it. To me, he is going to be an outstanding wide receiver in the NFL. Great hands, great long strides. Yes, he doesn't always get the separation, but just like Brian Edwards, he will go up and get that ball over these small corners and safeties, and he will just embarrass you in the open field. Another small school prospect out of a small school is Liberty uh, from my neck of the woods. Almost went to Liberty, actually. Um, but I've just enjoyed watching him throughout his college career, and to me, he whoever gets this guy is getting a great athlete, and I think he's going to have a great career as a wide receiver in the NFL. So if he's there in the fifth, you could even do that. So if you don't take a wide receiver in the fourth, so say you do get like a pretty high free agent, and you're like, all right, well, let's hold off on the wide receivers, still get Chase Claypool in the fourth, maybe wait till the fifth to get a guy. You do have AGG, you have Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, another guy who's been up there, 6'4", 220, big body receiver, great possession guy. You've got Tyler Johnson, who's been a really weird story. So Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, 6'2", 205 senior, has been skipping everything for some reason. He skipped like the senior bowl, he skipped practices, he skipped the combine, he skipped interviews, like he has skipped everything. And I'm not sure why, he's just a really weird story to me. Uh, but he's a great talent, great receiver. Uh, just big question marks on what's wrong with him. Uh, I have no idea. I really haven't looked too much into it. But to me, it's just a really weird story. But he's just he's a great athlete. Someone else potentially in the fifth round there. Uh, Colin Johnson out of Texas. Really big guy. 6'6", 225. Definitely another possession guy. And that's really what I'm looking for. You know, yeah, we can get a smaller, fast guy like K.J. Hill possibly, but I want that big-body guy like Calvin Johnson. I loved watching Calvin Johnson, man. And I think that would be a great compliment to Terry because, you know, like I said, we have Terry doing what he does, but then you got this big guy like Mike Evans that can just go up and get the ball. So to me, that might be why I prefer Brian Edwards over K.J. Hill, but I don't know. I, I just I love the way those big guys play and just abuse you. Huge Julio fan for obvious reasons. And I just love watching how he plays. So that might be it. Um, but in the seventh round, there is a guy who's not getting enough respect and it's crazy. You know, I've seen I've seen guys talk about like uh, Joe Reed, I've seen Benjamin Victor from Ohio State, uh Kalijah Lipscomb from Vanderbilt. I've seen some other names getting thrown out there, but one guy that really needs to get talked about more is Juwan Jennings, and I'm not talking about Juwan Jennings from Oregon. I'm talking about Juwan Jennings from Tennessee. So Juwan Jennings, 6'3", 205, about 210 probably going into the NFL. He was actually dismissed from Tennessee at one point and came back. But Juwan Jennings, man, he is such a playmaker. I've seen him play so many games you know, not only just watching what he did against Alabama year in, year out, but to me, he is being heavily overlooked. 
So just like a lot of guys, you know, he's not that skinny, speed guy who's going to burn you on the sideline or be this huge deep threat like Deshaun Jackson or anything like that. But he is a great blocker, first off, which you want in your wide receiver in today's NFL. But he is a possession guy, too, that's not afraid to go up and fight for the ball. And once he does get the ball, what he does afterwards is electric. So to me, it I don't understand how he could even go in the seventh round. But they're saying it's a possibility. That's his projections is in the seventh. To me, I don't know if it's just because he was dismissed from the team because he got in a fight with the coaches you know, before Jamie Pruitt came in. But... To me, he's being heavily overlooked. I think he's a great talent. I think he's going to be one of the steals in the draft in the later rounds. I expected him to rise up some, but you know, just someone to watch out for in the late uh, later rounds in the seventh. So to me, what do I think is going to happen? I think that Ron Rivera is absolutely going to go after a free agent. I think that is one of the biggest needs in his eyes because he really wants to build around Dwayne Haskins and give him the tools that he needs to succeed. So I talked about A.J. Green and Amari Cooper not being there. I think we make a strong run at Robbie Anderson, Funches, and maybe even Sanders. But don't be surprised if Cobb goes into the mix with the talks of Amari Cooper getting his bag. So to me, I expect one of those bigger name wide receivers to come on board, and I expect us to draft someone like Brian Edwards if he falls to the fourth and possibly Chase Claypool as that wide receiver slash tight end player. So to me, that is the best options. If you tell me that we go into next season with Robbie Anderson, Brian Edwards, and Chase Claypool getting added to the team, I'm ecstatic. That is a very electric offense. Great pieces, adding those guys in addition to Terry, Steven Sims, Calvin Harmon, Cam Sims, and and Darvin Kidsey. I would be ecstatic I would not be able to wait to see how that offense runs and that's not even including what we're going to do at the tight end spot so I'm excited to see what we do with that Um, there's a lot of potential there's a lot of guys out there um, but we saw what Steven Sims did for us as an undrafted rookie wide receiver out of Kansas we saw what he did for us and we saw him grow throughout the season and make big plays on offense and on special teams and that brings me to my interview with my guest from the University of Maine, Ernest Edwards. Ernest is one of the most electric receivers I've seen on tapes in a while, and I'm excited to see what he does in the NFL when he gets his opportunity. He wasn't given a combine invite, but he's not going to let that hold him back. He's absolutely full steam ahead, I'm going to show out on his pro day. And, you know, if you take a look at the stats... In 2018, he had 141 rushing yards for two touchdowns, 53 catches, 839 yards, and 10 touchdowns, and 600 returning yards in the kick game with two additional touchdowns, leading him to 1,596 yards and 14 touchdowns for his junior year. But get this, it got even better. In 2019, 49 catches in 11 games for 1,097 yards for 11 touchdowns. That's an average of almost 100 yards per game, and a guaranteed touchdown every single game. He had 500 yards in the kicking game with two more touchdowns on kick returns, but that might not even be the most interesting stat, leading up to his 3,500 total yards and 31 touchdowns in two years. Take a listen to see what he did that other receivers didn't do last year. This is my interview with Ernest Edwards, wide receiver, University of Maine. 
Donald Driver, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, and probably the best of all time, Jerry Rice. This is just a short list of all guys who came from small schools but left big legacies in the NFL. The size of the school doesn't always measure the size of the talent. And that also goes from my guest today. We've got Ernest Edwards from the University of Maine. Ernest, appreciate you coming on the podcast today, man. No problem. Awesome, man. So definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, you played at the University of Maine. It looks like you're about 5'10", 175 right now. Have you kind of beefed up a little bit in the off season, or what you got going on? Yeah, I gave some weight. I'm about uh, 183 now. I'm hoping to be at least 185 by pro day. Awesome. For a week, so I gained some type of weight. Awesome. So one thing actually stood out to me was your size. That you're pretty much right up there with Tyreek Hill right now, in size wise. And uh, watching your tapes definitely kind of remind me of that too. So I'm actually a diehard Alabama fan, um, as a lot of people know on the podcast, but. Watching you in the open field really reminded me of seeing, you know, uh, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, uh, Jerry Judy getting across the middle of the field. Uh, so if you if you had to kind of compare yourself to who you mold your game after, whether it's past or present, what's a good comp that you'd probably give yourself? Uh, yeah, for sure. Tyreek Tyre Hill definitely one of the guys I look up to um, in the league. Uh, just knowing that um, he's one of the fastest guys and he have a knack of making people miss. And that's, I think that's what my specialty is, making people miss. Um, you know what I mean? I don't like to take hits, unnecessary hits for no reason. So I get what I need to get. And uh, you need to see me going out of bounds or going down. I don't like the you number know, small guys. So I don't like to take hits. But, um, yeah, I get the job done. Um, going across middle, you know, I don't got no fear. I don't fear nobody. So going across middle ain't a problem for me. You had a lot of fun on a lot of plays. The funny one that stood out to me was when you were going to the outside. I forgot who was across, but everybody thought you went out of bounds, but you literally just went around the block and uh, scooted up the sideline. So I thought that was pretty neat. But, yeah, man, just the ability to make people miss across the middle of the field, it stood out to me. Um, And we talked about guys like Jerry Judy. So I know you kind of tweeted out the list. I saw it too. Uh, The 2020 NFL prospect rankings for slot receivers – and I got to say, man, you're up there with some really good company. And, you know, you didn't get this invite to the Combine, uh, which, to be honest with you, blows my mind because uh, you're up there with some of the top guys. I think you're better than a lot of guys that are there right now. But uh, so what's that been like for you, just kind of sit back, kind of watching that and uh, just seeing that unfold without you being there? Yeah, it's been, um, it been crazy, honestly. Um, my phone been blowing up. Um, but to be not even mentioned uh, in the same category as, like, guys like, uh, Jerry Judy or uh, Jefferson from LSU, man, it's just a blessing, honestly. Uh, it's what I ask for, um, and I work hard to get where I'm at right now. So, um, yeah, and I ain't invited to the combine, but now I mean, uh, all of this is over. You know, I still got pro there. I still got a lot to prove. Um, we should have a good amount of scouts there. So, I just can't wait. Uh, it's four weeks from today. Um, I'm excited, man. If it was tomorrow, I'd be ready to go tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> no, no doubt. So like you said, you're you're up there with some top guys. So uh, just kind of going through that list, they had Jerry Judy first with the 87 grade, KJ Hamler 82.5, Justin Jefferson was third with 81.1, Lynn Bowden was uh, fourth with 81, and then you were right there at fifth. And you were ahead of some guys like uh, KJ Hill, who the Redskins have been raving about. So just just being ahead of him and uh, Devin Duvernay from Texas, another guy that uh, everyone sees playing at the slot level in the NFL. Uh, definitely going to get a lot of people on notice. And you said your pro day's coming up. So when is pro day? It's March 27th. March 27th, awesome. So yeah, definitely going to be keep an eye on that. 
uh, if, if some NFL scouts kind of ask you, you know, you're up there with some of these top guys, what really separates you from them, and what do you bring to the NFL that they might not bring? I mean, uh, I just bring a lot of fight, you know. Um, like I said, my ability to uh, get the extra yards. Um, once I got a ball in my hand, I'm very explosive. I could get them extra yards that, uh, you know, all the coaches and scouts love to see. And uh, that goes with uh, making people miss, like I said. So uh, I think that's my specialty. Um, as soon as I get a ball in my hands, man, I can make something happen. I know you're not going to rave on yourself too much, but uh, how electric you are and what you bring to special teams. So one guy that, you know, like I said, I'm from Central Virginia. One guy, Bryce Hall, huge playmaker on uh, that defense. But he played a lot of special teams, and a lot of people kind of downed him for it because he actually got hurt this season playing special teams. Um, but what's your take on that, not only being the leading receiver on your team, but also being that playmaker on special teams? Yeah, so I've been... No, I take pride in special teams. Um, I come from Maine, where if you're not if you're not um, on special teams, you're not gonna play at all. So we take you know as much pride as possible in special teams, and we take that very seriously. So um, yeah, and I just feel like it's just another opportunity for me to get the ball in space, uh, to do what I do best, and um, it's just another opportunity for me getting the ball. Honestly, so. I mean, yeah, if you got over a 1,000 yards and four touchdowns in the last two seasons on just kickoff returns, I, I'd probably like it too, to be honest with you. So that, those are good stats. But uh, one thing that I've really noticed talking to uh, some other small prospects at other schools, um, whether, you know, if it was guys that transferred from Ohio State to some smaller schools, what brought you to Maine of all places? I mean, it's a long story, honestly. Um, obviously, it wasn't my first choice. You know, I had a couple FBS offers. I had three of them, uh, Old Dominion, UMass, and uh, University of Buffalo, and I tried to commit to all three of them before before Maine, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, they all took my offer away and said they wanted a JUCO player. Um, so so then I had went on a visit to the University of Maine, and I just fell in love with it, how young the coaches was, how um, how I could connect with them more, um, and then everybody up there just made me feel like family. Honestly, they just talking good to me seeing um, how they were going to use me as a true freshman. And that's what they did, man. They they backed the word up. Um, I was very explosive player my freshman year all the way to my senior. Yeah, so I, I was looking a little bit at your story, and it seems like the last two years especially, you really kind of hit your stride and took over and just found your spot on that offense. So, But I got to ask yeah. you, so, you know, you have the receiving uh, stats, of course. You've got, you know, 53 catches for 839 yards and 10 touchdowns your junior year. And then your senior season, 49 catches in 11 games for almost 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. So that's an average of 100 yards and a touchdown per game, like easy for you. But the one question I have is how in the world do you have five passes for 61 yards and four touchdowns? So what what kind of packages are they putting together for you where you got four touchdowns? Yeah, man. It just, honestly, it was all trick plays. Um... You know, I'm the, I'm the type of guy that I like to uh, brag about uh, my high school days still, um, how I could throw the ball. But no, nah, just, it, just, it all started in practice, me telling the coaches um, how good I could throw the ball. They didn't believe me at first, and then they finally gave me a chance. Yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the games, and I completed a pass. I think it was Georgia Southern. Uh, I completed a pass to my uh, my good friend Devin Young in the back of the end zone, and everybody was surprised ever since then. Uh, we had at least one, one play call, one uh, trick play in there for me throwing the ball. And uh, if I if I can remember, it's like three or four 
games in a row where I had a uh, touchdown pass and it just kept going. That's yeah. crazy. You got a little Antoine Rindell in you. I didn't know about that, but no, that was that was something. I was like, I was like, all right, man, these touchdowns don't add up. Like, where am I missing like these four touchdowns? And then I I saw his passing. I was like, all right, I got to ask him about that. Um, but just as a Redskins fan, seeing you know Steven Sims, he came from a small school last year, and what we've done with him. I know you've you know you have these end arounds. You had uh, some success in the rushing game too. Um, you you just really stood out to me because I feel like you could work in that system too. You know, I'm not going to ask you what NFL team you'd want to play for because that's like the question you don't ask, you know, college scouts and stuff like that. But yeah, I was about to say I don't care who I play for. You just want to play. Want me on the organization? I'm, I'm give my all to them. Yeah, no, I just I I think you'd work really well with our offense, but um, I'm I'm definitely excited to see what happens with your pro day. Uh, definitely appreciate your time, man. I, I've been you know raving about you to the fan base and just telling everybody to check out your tapes. Uh, if if there was one thing you kind of say to you know a scout out there or someone I could pass this along to, what would what would be like your what I call is like your elevator pitch? Like how would you sell yourself as a person? Yeah, so um, what I say to a scout is man, if you want a hardworking, dedicated football player, uh, we're gonna give you one hundred ten percent every time, no matter the practice, weight room, uh, game day, man. I'm the guy. I'm that guy. If you wanna. You want somebody to make plays for you, an officer, and or special teams, even defense, man, it don't matter. Whatever you want me at, I mean, I'm that guy. So, what are you trying to play corner or something now? Nah, I mean, <laughs> I, keep, I keep telling my college coaches, man, I can do, yeah. I can do it all. Yeah, I saw I saw you with MVP of your uh, state championship game. Was that when you were a quarterback or were you wide receiver? I was wide receiver. Right oh, okay. Yeah, still four touchdowns. That's crazy, but. Uh, I, I know you've been talking about it on Twitter, man. You you got this talent. You know the tapes there, the stats are there. Uh, you've got everything that the NFL is looking for, especially in this new age. You know NFL where they're looking for guys that can play multiple spots and do different things. Um, and one thing you've been saying is, you know, you just need that opportunity. And I definitely agree with you. Uh, I think you're going to get that opportunity. And I just I'm excited to see what you do with it, man. Sorry, man. I appreciate it. No problem. But everybody should give Ernest a follow on Twitter at Edwards Ernest uh, to follow along with his journey. Like I said, you got Pro Day coming up, so something I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, but definitely appreciate your time, and I just can't wait to see what you do at the NFL, man. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. No problem, man. God bless. Yes, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.